Welcome to Break the Ice with Mike Vogel, presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix, the official trail mix of the Washington Capitals. All right, well, thanks to TJ Oshi for spending some time with us today on Break the Ice. And, uh, Osh, normally we do a deep deep dive into guys' uh, history and background and stuff, but you know we're a little pressed for time today, so we're going to mostly skip on that. But I, I did want to uh, touch on a couple things, because the other day you had mentioned that it, it was disappointing, and I'm sure it was, not just for you, um, that you weren't on that, that last trip to St. Louis and especially uh, Minnesota. And it dawned on me, too, that you missed that the, the game in Seattle uh, earlier in the season, too, which... I guess also probably probably left a little bit of a mark, but um, your your family and your history in in Minnesota is is pretty wild, and um, just the whole war road experience. Um, I noticed that uh, some years ago they they did a, a, a survey, hundred greatest hockey players ever in, in Minnesota high school history. Eight of them came from War Road, which is remarkable. But um, your great uncle Max Oshi. Um, I think you told me way back when you first got here that you're related also to Henry Boucher, who was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, just what was it like for you to for that to, you know, when you moved, when your dad moved you from Washington to Minnesota, for that 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 history of your family to just sort of wash over you? Because I'm guessing you didn't have maybe a a, a full picture of it and, until you got to Minnesota. No, I I think. Um coming from from out in Seattle where um I was taught a little bit of the history through my my dad and my grandpa um but still as a kid in in Seattle like you don't know what that's like you don't know like you hear there are great players you hear they uh played in the NHL um but for me you know I did you know go in one ear out the other I'd tell my teacher at school but um, that's about as far as I dived into it and then uh, I get to Minnesota and you see the culture and um, the fact that you don't have to pay for ice ever it's it, it was like it was for me it was like moving from a place where it's very difficult to to play hockey to go into like the Disneyland or Disney World of hockey and then you just live there you're there all the time every ride's free and you go to the front of the line. It, it was, it was amazing. And then you learn you learn about the history a little bit more. Uh, Hank or, or Henry Boucher, um, he lived on the on the in between the tee box and the green on the first hole of the golf course. I jumped in and and played uh, my first year of golf, my sophomore year, my first year there. And it was every day. It was tee off. It was a little par three. You tee off. And then you go to Hank's house, you sit down, he tells a story or two, you go up to the green from back then, miss your putt and go to the next hole. And you, you learn about this history and you see the, every time you come in, he'd show you, um, you know, a, a different picture or, um, tell you a different story or it was, uh, and you really learn, um, a lot more about that culture, um, about the hockey culture and about my, um, my history of, of, um, you know, my great uncles and great cousins that, uh, you know, were legends in, in Minnesota high school hockey. 
And I, I love too that that they are so um, proud and and uh, protective of their their history there as well, and how every time we go there, anybody anybody who had anything to do with Minnesota hockey, they descend upon them in the locker room. It's just like when we go to Montreal and any of the French Canadian guys. It, it's there's nothing like it to me, you know. I grew up in Michigan, or I was born in Michigan. I lived there for a while. I lived in Massachusetts for a while. Minnesota's Minnesota's relationship with hockey is completely different, I think, than than anywhere else, and it's really uh, it's really kind of cool and kind of special, I think. Yeah, it is. It's um, you know, it's really hard hard to describe the feeling of going back to Minnesota and talking to. You know, even just the, you know, there, there'll be some, some media personnel there that covered me when I was in high school 20 years ago. And um, I don't know, there's just this, this sense of um, pride in, in, in growing up and playing Minnesota high school hockey and, and playing hockey in Minnesota and being from Minnesota. I mean, I was, I was a kid that came in my sophomore year and, uh and that's, you know, I, I played high school hockey for three years and that's my home now. And I'm, uh, you know, they, they grabbed me and claim me for one of their own. And I, I take a, a lot of pride in that. And you just know if, you know, if I play against a guy um, that's from Minnesota and I know that played Minnesota high school hockey or, or just grew up in Minnesota, I already have this certain amount of respect for him when we get on the ice and, uh, and uh, know kind of what uh, his childhood was all about. Well, it was a few years ago that uh, you were traded from the St. Louis Blues here to Washington, and the Caps have claimed you for for one of their own since then. And, you know, you're closing in on 900 games in the league, and 13 games from now you will reach the same number of games played that you had before you got here. So it's almost going to be an even – it's almost an even split right now. Just wondering your thoughts, uh, the day that you found out about that trade versus now – and how things have worked out here for you, your family, um, and what made this the place that you decided to to stay for eight years when, when you signed that that contract extension? Because there's a number of guys in that room down there that have done the same thing. You know, came to Washington whether it was as a free agent or via trade, and liked it enough to to, to stay here. Yeah, um, the 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 trade the. Trade in St. Louis, I was, um, you know, you almost feel, at least for in, in my, in my experience, um, I was gonna, I was gonna retire blue. I was gonna be one of those guys that, you know, played in St. Louis, retired there, lived there forever. You, you know, you just, there's yeah, the alumni there is insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the crazy. Strongest in the league, I think. They have. They have a full locker room of guys, alumni that keep their gear there, and they still play together. And they got a little bar in the back of it, and so I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty special. And um, when I got traded, my first thought was that I failed in 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 some sense. Um, you know, my I was still fairly young, but but had a young family, and um, in my mind, my future was already mapped out, and so. When you, when I got traded, I felt like I let the organization down. I felt like I let my teammates down. Um, but the 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 one thing that drew me there was my teammates, and there was coaches that came through, and there was a GM switch, and uh, 
a lot of personnel change. The tr- a lot of the trainers stay the same, who I'm still very close with and, and love those guys. Um, and I thought I was losing that, which I, I mean, I did. I, uh, you know, don't talk to a lot of those, those, my teammates as much, but I came here and I immediately got that exact same feeling with the guys in the locker room here with the trainers. Um, so much respect for, for Mac and I've respected every coach that I've had here. And it, uh, it just, it was like, you know, I had failed and who knows what's going to happen, but then it's exciting to come play with Ovi and, and Nick and to be going to a winning organization or organization that's, you know, wins, does really good in the regular season, has a great team. And uh, I just immediately, it, it was maybe a week, and I just felt like, wow, this place is, is special. And it starts with the guys in the room, and a lot of those guys are still here that that originally grabbed me and, and uh, made me feel welcome. And then now, I mean... Our, me and Nick's kids are backy, um, they're best friends, you know, I got, we got Lila and Haley have been in the same class almost every year since they were two, um, Haley's eight, Lila's turning eight in a couple months here, uh, Lenny and Vince are, are attached to the hip, they're, I mean, Lenny cuts her hair like Vince now, you know, wears Vince's clothes, so, and vice versa, she wears her clothes, I mean, she, she's a tomboy, so, but, uh, it's, uh, now it's, it's more of a, I don't know. It just feels like more of a a family thing, and 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 uh, I just I can't, I can't be um, more uh, thankful and appreciative of of the Caps organization for really getting my career where I was in a way trending down a little bit as far as um, my role on the team and bringing me here and making me a a, a key piece of what they want to do and. Um, I'm just so fortunate and lucky that, uh, that I ended up here and, you know, I love Minnesota, you know, maybe more than anything. And, uh, you know, this place has me, uh, me and the wife thinking that maybe this, if all goes well, maybe this is the place that we end up and we stay and we raise our kids. Well, it's been a two way street for sure. I think you've, you've given back every bit as much. Um, I think it was Wayne Gretzky who said once that, um, the tragedy of being a pro athlete is that your mental peak comes so far after your your physical peak, and this is something that that, that has always fascinated me. I've always I talk to a lot of guys about this, but at, at your at this stage of your career, can, are you able to look back and, and sort of find the spot where your 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 brain is more useful to you than your body, and and maybe you haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, I think uh I think for for sure. I mean when when I first came into the league it was every time I get the puck I'm going to I'm going to one-on-one beat every person that comes to me. And anytime someone else has the puck, I'm going to hit them so hard that they're not going to want to ever play against me again. That was kind of you know, I, I Ovi's in a league of his own, but in my, you know, what my talent level was and my physicality level I, I felt like I had a, a similar, at least mentality. I wasn't able to do it as well. Obviously, he's, you know, one of the best ever, maybe the best ever to, you know, physical and goal score. But in my mind, it was, you know, it didn't matter who I was playing against. Um, I just go out there and be like, I'm just going to beat, I'm going to beat them. And, you know, and you don't, you don't think about little things and about, you know, what happens if I don't beat them or, 
maybe I can instead try to beat this guy. I can suck him to me and move it, move the puck, and then I can beat him and and get it back. And there's just a lot of little things, a lot of patience um, things when things aren't going your way and you see these young guys and they just they come into the rink and you can tell they've been thinking about what happened last game for the whole night or if there's a day off they've been thinking about this for a day and a half and now they're going on into practice thinking about what they didn't do in the game before and now i i mean and it's it is different because i'm older i have kids when i go home i can't be thinking about i got to think about you know their stuff their doctor's appointments getting to school on time make sure the kid naps changes diaper whatever and and you you really appreciate that you know, every day is a new day and every day you can come in here and you can get better and you can work on something else and you can let go of things that maybe didn't work out before. You don't get as mad on the bench when maybe you miss a shift or there's penalty trouble. So maybe you don't get out and you were just up. Well, now you're sitting for like five minutes because when the penalty is over, you go back to the end of the rotation just because that's just what happened or Lavi lost you. And when I was younger, I would I would get really upset about this and it would affect me. And now... I just, I'll sit on the bench and I'll wait because I know I'm going to go again. And I know he's in between periods going to look at the stat sheet and see that maybe I didn't play as much as he would have liked me to play. So in the next period, maybe I get a couple extra opportunities to and get short shifted a little bit and get it, get those minutes back up. So all that stuff you don't think about when you're younger and, um, phys- physically, um, I'm physically smarter now than I was when I was younger. Um, I probably don't have the same pop and, you know, I came out of college, power cleaned and, you know, 230 pounds. I couldn't do that now. But I I do spend a lot more time on my body and, and try to make sure that it's right, make sure things are working right. So that's a, it was an amazing quote that you said, and I've never heard it before, but it really, it really is true that, you know, if I had the mental capacity now that I had back then, you know, I don't know, I don't know where, you know, where my numbers would be or where the contracts would be or, or anything like that. But uh, you definitely get smarter and, and mentally tougher as you go. And there's a lot of guys that don't figure it out in time. By the time that dawns on them, their career is already over. Or there's there's not much uh, that they can do about it. But, yeah, it is it is just one of those things. That window's so, so tight, even, you know, as an 18-, 19-year-old, whenever you're starting your career, the clock's always ticking. Yep. Um, what about recovery? Uh, I, I know that, that you've – you've sort of, you, you've got a philosophy as far as um, recovery. And you and I had a, just a brief conversation in Chicago last month about sleep too. Um, how has that changed over, over the course of your career? Um, it's, uh, I, I am very, a lot more focused, I guess, on my c- recovery, um, how my muscles are working, how I train my muscles, um, the positions I train in breathing, all that stuff. When I was younger, I would go out for, you know, an hour and a half practice. And and then I would stay out for an extra 30 minutes and take one timers, which is terrible for your hips and your back. Like just terrible. Um, But I would do it and then I would go, I'd shower, I'd grab a coffee, I'd sit around and I'd leave. And then I, that was it. Um, And now I have um, a certain form of training where, um, you know, I have these electrodes and I hook up and I got a guy in, in Arizona that, um, I talk with almost daily about what my body's doing and, and what I need and, um, how my brain is, what sleep's like. And, uh, 
and now I, I focus on that and I, I try not to go home until, you know, I'm, I'm good. And if I'm not, I'll go home, I'll take care of my business. Kids will go to bed and I'll hook back up to my machine and, uh, which is called, uh, an RPOV. Um, and I use a, a company called Evo UltraFit, and, uh, and I might, you know, hook it up and throw it on my, whatever, on my head at night. If my head's not clear, if I get a bad night of sleep, I sleep, have a bad nap for a game, I'll wake up and, you know, throw it on my neck and forehead and get some blood to the brain. And it's a, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy stuff. And something I learned actually, um, going back to Minnesota, very big in Minnesota. Um, and, uh, Zach Parisi was a guy that was kind of the first big name hockey player to, to get into it. And of course all the North Dakota guys, we all do whatever Zach does. So we fall, a lot of us followed suit and, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, and sleep, I mean, we don't, we don't got to get too much into that. I didn't sleep a lot when I was younger. I still am not a great sleeper, but sleep was not, um, not on the agenda when I was, uh, when I was a young guy. I mean, I, I feel like it's that way for, for a lot of yeah. us. You don't see the value in that until, until you're older as well. Um, you know, I don't think I've known many people in my life who are more positive, just than you just positive mental outlook you're you're always exuberant always upbeat um how did you come about that and i heard you refer to that as both a blessing and a curse uh recently and just wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit um yeah i think uh, a lot of that probably comes from just the way i was i was brought up from my dad my dad was a very um happy happy guy he uh turned everything into a game everything we ever did was a was a game and we just always had fun and um that's just I guess how my brain was was wired growing up and how I approached everything in life you know we were if we were in the back of the car on the road trip you know we didn't have the iPads back then we'd have you know a little whatever it was paper from a straw and we tried to land them in the cup holder while we were you know it was just everything was a little game and we would just there was not a lot of downtime of being bored we were just always doing fun things and I uh I feel like I had that all the way growing up and then I got to my my freshman year or my freshman year my uh rookie year in St. Louis and uh Danny Highnote was a guy that really noticed that in me and he uh I had gotten a high ankle sprain and uh, he had gotten a high ankle sprain a couple weeks later. And he was the guy that brought the team out. So in St. Louis, it wasn't like, no, not everyone waited by the door. If they did, Danny would start in the locker room and he would come flying out and then everyone would follow him. And he would, you know, get behind the goalie. And he was out and he was like, hey, Osh, I want you to, I want you to bring the guys out. And I was like, man, I can't do that. You know, the kids are a rookie. You know, we had Kachuk and yeah. and uh, just like so so many like big dog guys and um and he's like you you come to the rink and your your excitement and your, your positivity it lifts other guys up and whether you know it or not it does so that's something that you know for the rest of your career that is that is your job you never come to the rink in a bad mood because you don't know how that's going to affect other people. And I, 
you know, without, it wasn't hard for me to, to do that. It was something that was kind of already in my nature. And, um, I had, I had really worked on it when I was younger to come in and every day say hi to every single person that came in, you know, give them a little, whatever. If someone seemed down, you know, you'd, you'd pick them up, tell them how, whatever, how rich they were, or, you know, how beautiful their wife was, or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just something to kind of get them like, Oh, you know what? You're right. Like whatever it is. And I had just done this day after day after day, um, after, you know, cause it was something Danny did as well. And it just kind of got ingrained in me. And that's just now how I am, how I come to the rink. I just want to come and make sure that everyone's, um, excited to be there, excited to be together. And, uh, it is, it can be, you know, on some days we're maybe we're not playing well and we need to have a little more serious practice. I can sometimes see the coach kind of like eye me a little bit when I'm a little too excited out there. Um, and maybe the positivity can't get under some guy's skin when maybe they are just having a bad time. You know, everyone's going through different things away from the rink, but, uh, that's the way I do it. And, um, the way I find joy and, and, and just being here, being involved and playing hockey, playing a game for, for my job is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. That's a, that's a great story and great on Dan Hino to, to recognize that and to, and to steer you in that, in that direction too. Um, have you ever run into anyone that you would take under your wing, whether it was in St. Louis or here, who had even even a modicum of of, of that PMO that you have that that you would think about saying the same thing that that Dan Highnote said to you? Yeah, there was. There's been some some young guys um, that I have, um, in a way. Not as Danny, I, Danny was so mature and just had the world figured out to me in my mind. Um, and Jaden Schwartz was a guy that I didn't really have to say much to him about that because he is a, he is that a very similar guy. He's a very positive guy. Um, gets down on himself, but in a funny way, in a way that's, that's hilarious. Um, and, uh, there's some guys that I've that have not been good at that. Some young guys, and and I would prefer not to say their names. Sure, but and I have I have attempted and tried to show them that that is another way that they could approach the game, and another way that they could come to the rink. Um, and these guys were guys that were like you know me before. Kind of Danny got me where when I would have a bad game, that was on my mind. It was. You know, that's all I'd think about. And, um, and, uh, one or two of the guys, I think it, it worked really good. And one guy, um, he, he struggled with it. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody's wired different. Yep. Um, I think what you said about finding joy and, and recognizing that, you know, you're, you're paid to play a game and this is the best job you're ever going to have. So, you know, enjoy it and relish it, and cherish it for as long as you, uh, as you can is is probably more important in these times over over these last two years uh, than ever before. Um, and now we're we're in the middle of what's hopefully going to be an eighty two game season for the first time in in three years. Just wonder your thoughts on like I, I feel like typically there's a wall in the middle of the season, the dog days, so to speak, where mm-hmm. it, it gets a little tough. It gets a little it the grind becomes recognizable, and I don't know. You guys probably feel it in your bodies. Um, I'm just wondering your thoughts on how that's going to play out this year, given that 
you know, especially on this team where there's been a lot of guys that have maybe had the equivalent of a bye week or, or something like it mm-hmm. um, at various different times, though. And one of the things I thought that derailed you guys last year was just everybody being injured and ailing a little bit at, at the worst time of year going into the playoffs. Um, how do you think it's going to play out this year where, yeah, there's going to be 82 games and, and you guys are a little bit of an older team, um, but you, you've had some some built-in breaks too. It it just seems like there's that you guys are going to have to find a way to kind of mesh and and come together despite the jaggedness of your respective schedules and seasons so far. Yeah, it's 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 a different year for sure. We've we've had we've been very fortunate here for a long time. There hasn't been injuries like this, and like you said last year at the end of the year, you know we were. <laughs> We were hurting there. Um, yeah, even guys that were in were they were they were in one, and um, unfortunately, it was a lot of big minutes, guys. Um, but this year is is different in the sense that I'm going into the next game. I don't know how many games I've played, but I know I haven't played three in a row in a while. Yeah. And so I'm I own my mentality right now in the middle of January, which is usually, gosh, like, let's just get to March, you know, I'm, I'm back in like September feeling like, or like early November or early October, or sorry, October, late October, early November, still thinking like, you know, I still want to like prove myself and I want to get out there and I want to go and earn my ice time. And it kind of sounds crazy because I'm a, you know, I've, I've been in the league a while, but that's the excitement I have is that when when you miss games and you see see you have to watch your team on TV yeah like you like seeing your guys but like you really want to be out there especially when you're losing when when things aren't going your way and so we have a lot of guys that I think are feeling like I am where they've been out this these last this last month has been pretty crazy and now they're getting back and there's a little bit of hunger to get back right now Whereas some of these other guys that have been carrying us this whole time and haven't had a lot of time out of the lineup, they're probably feeling a little bit different. So we're going to have to find a, a way to, um, I think, for us guys that are coming back in to really start trying to shoulder some weight and start making a difference on the ice to take a lot of onus off these other guys that have played super big minutes and gotten us really to where we are now in the standings, which is in a pretty good spot. Um and then as far as meshing towards the end and, and the way it all come together, um, we're going to have some sort of break coming up. So those guys that have played the big minutes are going to get a break. And we just hope everyone's healthy um, going in towards the end. And uh, I feel like after this time we've played with Lavi, we know what's expected of us. Everyone knows that what their job is on the ice. And I it's really gets me very excited for the back half and especially the uh, the postseason here. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to that. And, uh, Osh, can't thank you enough for, for taking some time out of your day and, and spending it with us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the ice this weekend. Thank you, folks. Thanks for having me. This has been Break the Ice with Mike Vogel, presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix, the official trail mix of the Washington Capitals. If you like the show, please leave a review.